Blog Talk Radio. July 19th, 2013 edition of Don't Let It Go Unheard, where we discuss news, politics, culture, sometimes law, from the perspective of the uniquely American sense of life and the philosophy behind it. And by sense of life, I mean the attitude that's held by Americans who believe in the right to life, liberty, and most importantly, the right to the pursuit of one's own individual happiness, not your neighbor's happiness, certainly not Barack Obama's happiness. I'm your host, Amy Peekoff, and joining me here in the studio is cartoonist Bosch Faustin. And let me talk to you a little bit about what we have planned today. Uh, you might have been scared away if you went to my blog at DontLetItGo.com and saw the list of all the stories that I would like to get to. But let's go ahead and start here. Polls show that it's less and less popular the more we learn about it. I'm talking, of course, about Obamacare. And it's becoming a big problem for President Barack Obama. So much so, as we talked about last week, he's planning to postpone part of it, the employer mandate, until after the 2014 election. But can he get away with this? Not only is Obama's move subjecting him to all kinds of criticism, but there's also this counterproposal by the GOP in the House. They, they want to postpone the individual mandate. Why not that? But in addition... What he's trying to do, what Obama's trying to do, may even be illegal. So we'll talk about that. Uh, Bloomberg's latest power grab, it wouldn't be a week unless you know, New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg tried to tell you how to live your life in some other way. And we'll also discuss a story about police photographing your license plate to track your whereabouts and much more. As I said, go to my blog at don'tletitgo.com for a list of all the stories that we plan to discuss. And there's even a couple other things I said, Bosch, you know, can you mention that when we get there? So we've got a lot. If you want to join in on the discussion, you can call 760-888-5817. Again, that's 760-888-5817. Or join us in the chat room over at Blog Talk Radio. We've got some people over there that are starting to get warmed up. Uh, Ed in the chat room says, everything Obama is doing is illegal. I'm not sure that what Obama most recently did today, which we'll talk about as well, is illegal, but it is certainly immoral and disgusting and revulsifying, and that is bring race into the uh, George Zimmerman verdict. We'll talk about that later as well. How, I mean, how could we not, I guess, now that Obama's getting into race on, on that issue. I wanted to avoid it, and now he's not going to let me. So let's go ahead and start first, and I'm just going down the list of links myself. I have so many stories. I can't even print them all out. It's It would be like, I don't know, trees. I would consume multiple trees per week, but it's not even that. It's just I'm, I'm putting these together, and then I end up not having time to even print it all. Just a quick poll. It's a Gallup poll. Uh, the Gallup editor-in-chief, Frank Newport, shares that 52% of Americans disapprove of the Affordable Care Act. 
And then they say here at the Gallup Politics blog uh, that this is slightly up from 45% in November 2012. Now, I don't know by what measure 52% is only slightly up from 45%. I think that's a pretty significant jump. And more significantly, in fact, is the fact that this poll was taken at the beginning of July before we learned even about the last backpedaling that Obama and the Department of Health and Human Services have done with respect to Obamacare. You know, it's actually, it's funny, I've got this clip still hanging out in my studio over at Blog Talk Radio. It's worth listening to Obama again in 2009 promising what's going to be the case under the so-called Affordable Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare. Let's listen to this again. And that means that no matter how we reform health care, we will keep this promise to the American people. If you like your doctor, you will be able to keep your doctor, period. Actually, I'm just going to stop it right there because that's really the part that I need. Because here's the headline, and this is from the Weekly Standard, published July 19th today. Headline, Health and Human Services admits you might not be able to keep your doctor under Obamacare. Yeah, you might not be able to keep your doctor after all. Even though in 2009, Obama said you'll be able to keep your doctor, period. Um, No. Now, none of us really who actually know the way that markets work are surprised that perhaps you're not going to be able to keep your doctor when the government intervenes into not a free market because we haven't had a free market in healthcare in decades. But we're talking a market that has, I guess, reached an equilibrium with respect to all the interventions that have already been put in place. You put more interventions. You do all the things that Obamacare is doing, which is tell the you know, tell the companies that they cannot exclude for pre-existing conditions. You tell them that they have to be able to, you know, include the kids on the insurance up to 25 kids. Um, you tell them that they cannot increase their prices above a certain level. You tell them that they can't spend a certain amount of their budget on advertising for the health insurance plans. You tell them that they must cover certain things, including poor Sandra Flux, uh, birth control, right? You know, you put all these restrictions on the health insurance companies and then you're, you know, curious as to why when you go into Obamacare, which is their exchange, right? And theirs is going to pay even worse than any of the struggling private insurance companies, right? Why people can't keep their doctors. I think there's a lot of doctors who don't want to be part of the Obamacare exchange. That is not surprising at all to me in the least. But I guess it's probably a big surprise to Obama. What do you think? Do you think, Bosch, do you think it's a surprise? Or he knew this all along, right? Of course. I mean, he had to lie to get it passed, you know, to any extent, to get any kind of support. And he's never gotten any real great support, even from uh, liberals who think he didn't go far enough, believe it or not. Well, the other thing, though, actually, some of the liberals are backtracking. If you take by liberal, and I think it's pretty safe to say that the unions yeah. are by and large liberal. No doubt about it. The unions are backing off of their support but what, for on, Obamacare. On what grounds exactly? Uh, you have to go to 
to uh, Dredge. But I, do you do you think that Dredge would not link to on, it if it wasn't on the good yeah, ground? Yeah, but what I'm saying is it's not on principal ground. They're on principal to begin with. Well, okay. No, I would say virtually anyone out there who is opposing Obamacare besides yeah. people who truly know what a free market philosophy is about, they are not objecting to it on principal grounds. Absolutely not. Something how, personal, how, something that The House they, Republicans, time and again, they you know uh, vote on and pass their stupid repeal yeah, bill but over in and order, over. In order to say, care. hey, we passed the repeal bill, yeah, you know, that's, yeah. it. that's the only reason. They don't give up. They want it to, I mean, look, they don't mind Obamacare as long as it'll be Republican care when they're in charge. That's it. I mean, that's, they don't mind it. They yeah. don't. No. Fundamentally? I mean, they, would, they would love it. They'll be able to ban abortion through Obamacare someday. They're, oh, they're so excited about they'll, it. They'll be up to their old tricks. So here's the, the story from the Weekly Standard. It says, as Obamacare was being pushed through Congress in 2010, and that's it, pushed through Congress, shoved down the throats of the American people. I just added that little editorial jab in there. The Obama administration and its allies were unequivocal in two claims. If you like your doctor and you like your current health plan, you can keep both. Now, Health and Human Services Secretary Kathleen Sebelius and then House Speaker Nancy Pelosi backed the president fully in this regard at that time. The White House, they say, even went so far as to post a health insurance reform reality check on its website where Linda Douglas of the White House Office of Health Reform debunks the myth that the reform will force you out of your current health insurance plan or force you to change doctors. Uh, President Obama upped the ante, putting the promise in the form of a guarantee, and the, you know, the Weekly Standard reprints it here. Here's the president. He says, here's a guarantee that I've made. If you have insurance that you like, then you will be able to keep that insurance. If you've got a doctor you like, you'll be able to keep your doctor. I'm wondering, you know, the, uh, Clinton, when he talked about did you have sex and then right. it became, went down. I don't know what it is. D- depends what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. is. I forget by what twisted logic it went down to what the right. meaning of the word is. What words in this are they going to parse? No. If you've got a doctor that you like, you will be able to keep your doctor. I mean, it's just, I mean. I, how, how can they wiggle? You know, I kind go of wiggle, back to the idea that if Obama was ever honest in any of his talks prior to becoming president, he would never have been you know, I looked at president. He has to lie every single time out. And you know what? Even if he lies and gets, you know, I guess someone gets away with it, no one's going to call him on it. Some obscure, you know, liberal might say something. You know what? That's not what I voted for. But so what? The media is completely backed, you know, they're completely backing him up. And even the Republicans are like, well, you know, like as in he's one of our own. He's a politician. So politicians lie. So, yeah. what, you know, what do you expect? Well, we should expect better from our president. We should. We, sh- we should expect better from anybody, not just our president, but particularly our president. Anyway, this is truly, truly disgusting. And as you know, we've talked about it on the show, and some people who are listening maybe are already affected by this. Right. I believe it was Aetna. Aetna, the company in California, has already sent out letters to its individual plan subscribers saying they will not offer new insurance for individuals after July, so that's already done, and that by the end of this year, they will be wrapping up their coverage for all individuals. So if you have Aetna, you cannot keep your plan. This was this was their plan, to knock out the individual you know, insurance. I mean, they, they, they want to take it all over. They want to nationalize everything. I mean, everything having to do with health. This yeah. is this was their plan, and this is you know they 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 lied their asses off for how many years now, and it's finally coming to a quote unquote reality check. Uh, who speaks of reality check? I mean Obama, 
he, he actually had a reality check. He actually yeah, this was on a website for the Department Obama. of Justice. Yeah, yeah. The anti-reality president. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. This is the White House went so far as to post this health reform reality I mean, like, check, and then they have this it's little like it's stupid a, it's logo. Just a, it's an anti-reality show, the Obama administration, for how many years now? Five years? It's the anti-reality show. I mean, that's that's what it is. Do you know it hasn't even been five years yet? Yeah. I was... Uh, I, so think somebody, I'm, I think I'm pushing my mind. Please get yeah, over it. Yeah, exactly. Somebody, well, well, it feels like ten years. Somebody, somebody posted on Facebook the other day. They said we're six months through the second term, only three and a half years left. And I was thinking, Whoa, three and a half that's years. A long time. To imagine what he could do. How much damage he could still do. Well, exactly, exactly. So, what has Obama done now that I think I think that the rate at which the insurance companies are shutting down certain yeah. things, that employers are backing off hiring new employees, all the stuff that you know has to happen yeah. when you interfere with one-sixth of the American economy to such a large extent as this legislation does, right? These consequences are going to happen. I think they're happening even faster Right. Than Obama anticipated. Right. Which so is why what? He has put off. Yeah, which is why he's trying to put off this employer mandate, the I, the I part about, the part of the part of the legislation that would require employers to pay a fee if they don't offer certain insurance coverage to their employees. And this is why he's needless because he knows this is destructive. He knows that mm, I gotta put the pain off for about another year so I can get reelected. Yeah. And then, well, you know, not, then not it doesn't so, matter. Not, not so he could get reelected, right? Well, get the help. So he can get. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. I'm. I, <laughs> I think I think I'm, I'm actually anti real right now. So get reelected. He can't be reelected. I'm sorry. What the? I was talking about the house, so he can get the house back. Yeah, he's got to get yes. the house. He wants to get the house, so he can do Why'd more damage. Why'd you tell me what the hell? Why tell What the hell are you saying? Get reelected. Well, well, then actually, there are some people who were, who were saying that he can maybe go for a third term. This this is no joke now. Now that's that's actually, it's it's. I mean, people have actually talked about that. Where things would be so bad that they say, you know what, we can't get off this horse. We've got to stick with this horse. Well, and at least one more term. In, in his dream, he gets such control over the House and the Senate oh, that he amends the Constitution Just, and then they know, give him a third term. And then he'll be a true or F- he creates, FDR on steroids. He creates an emergency like what's going right. on in Detroit right, right. now. Yeah. And other, oh, they, we can't switch. Yep. Captains midstream. I wouldn't put it past him, but that was, that was my. You know what? I'm just thinking. It's like it's so bad. We're still three and a half years away. It sounds like it's an, an eternity. But I think uh, I wrote the other day that we'll be ready for an anti-Obama at that time. I think. I think the country will be ready for a true anti-Obama at that time. But yeah, it's about the house. It's about gaining the house back yeah. and doing some more damage. Yeah, he he wants to do as much damage as possible. Yeah. I I did see another article the other day that I did not include in this huge list, but. It was talking about the fact that when Obama came in for his second term, his first order of business was to basically find out how to govern without Congress. Basically, oh, how yeah. to how yeah. to act unconstitutionally. Yeah. And I think that if they is, don't act. I will, you know, that threat, oh, that yeah. absolutely unconstitutional threat. If they don't act. I will. Well, and today we'll talk about the Trayvon case. And you know what? Sorry. I, I mean, hey, it was my error to bring up about re-election. But again, would you put a pass him to try at 1.2, you know, send it out there, probe it to see if you can get away with the third term? I wouldn't put a pass him at all. I mean, talking about him not shying away from doing things that are unconstitutional, yeah. 
I wanted to bring up an article from Ron Rotunda. Some of you may have heard him when I interviewed him as I was guest hosting for the Tammy Bruce Show. And Rotunda is a professor of jurisprudence at Chapman University. He is a co-author of a six-volume treatise on constitutional law, one of the leading treatises on constitutional law. So he knows what he's talking about. He has an article published yesterday over at the Washington Post, and apparently he's gotten a lot of praise for it, including from liberals. Hmm. The headline is, On the Healthcare Mandate, Obama Reaches Beyond the Law. And it starts out, Old-time monarchies and modern dictators governed by decree. Not so in the United States, where the Constitution does not give the president such power. So it is fair to wonder what authorized President Obama to, quote, suspend the portion of the Affordable Care Act that imposes a health care mandate on employers. And then he talks about how sometimes the president can issue decrees that have a force of law. And he gives a few examples there, including that the president doesn't need to enforce a law that he believes is unconstitutional. And he talks about the legal precedent for that. Um but uh, and and the other thing is that the uh, I guess the Office of Legal Counsel is what it's called. Yeah, Office of Legal Counsel has also concluded that the president could refuse to enforce a law before the judiciary decides whether it's constitutional. However, we all know Nancy Pelosi was hmm. rubbing it in just before July Fourth that it's been over a year since Roberts was the deciding vote in ruling Obamacare to be constitutional as a tax. And didn't she say just, that, that... Just a tax. Didn't Pelosi say that, that, that the Obamacare is part of our, more or less, Americanism? It's part of celebrating... We should celebrate it. Oh, on, yeah, on yeah. No, she, she really was rubbing yeah. everybody's face in it. So here's where Rotunda comes in and says, uh-uh, president cannot refuse to enforce this stuff. He says, the president does not, however, have carte blanche to refuse to enforce the law. Obviously, the Office of, Office of Legal Counsel, again, he's quoting, wrote in 1990, the president cannot, quote, refuse to enforce a statute he opposes for policy reasons, end quote. And then Obama said, well, it's for political reasons, so it's okay. Yeah, same deal. In 1838, the Supreme Court advised, quote, to contend that the obligation imposed on the president to see the laws faithfully executed implies a power to forbid their execution is a novel construction of the Constitution and entirely inadmissible, end quote. And then, uh, and, you know, Rotunda knows about Nixon because he worked on the Watergate Commission, uh, here's Rotunda talking about Nixon. He says, when President Nixon refused to spend funds that Congress had ordered him to spend, the court held without dissent in 1975 that the president must follow the federal statute, not his policy preferences. I've got to use the mouse to do this. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I'm making all this noise looking at this article. I'm sorry about that, people. Yeah. Um now, uh, now you got me all messed up here. So, so Obama's decision, he says, to suspend the employer mandate of the Affordable Care Act has no support in precedent and dramatically shifts the arc of presidential power. I mean, think about this. Yeah. They don't have a line item veto. The president does not have an, a line item veto. What is the difference between this yes. and a line item veto? That's true. Right? 
And this is also something that this is this is his bill. This is they passed it. This is it. This is the law. It's supposed to, but then, you know, actually, the midterms. I'm I'm in trouble, guys. So uh, let's hold it off. I mean, that's as simple as that. And what what reason did he give though? I mean, what reason did he give? Or he didn't even give a reason. That's how blatant I, I, it is. I doubt he gave a reason. No, but that's what I'm saying. That's how blatant it is. He's like, it's so obvious he doesn't have to give a reason because everyone knows what it is. Yeah. No, this is this is crazy. And it says the Affordable Care Act itself has no provision giving the president power to suspend or postpone the mandate. The law requires employers with 50 or more full-time workers to provide health insurance coverage or pay a penalty. And the effective date, it, it shall apply, shall. December 31st, 2013. Gee, and the shall apply seems to coincide exactly with the date that Aetna decided that it was out of the business. Also, one thing mm. about, about him when in terms of he wants to hold off, put off the damage, right, in order to do <laughs> more damage with the house and with the set. You know what I mean? This is, this is a sick thing, this guy. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna bite my tongue. No, no. I mean, it, it's hard to keep your composure when you're talking about this man. Going forward, asked Rotunda, why should lobbyists urge Congress to create, extend, or change a tax deduction when all they have to do is persuade the president? Obama, a proven fundraiser, uh, could go ahead and just decide to use this new power to just you know suspend the tax law, not enforce it. And he says, uh, Rotunda ends with Nixon, he says, Nixon might have salivated at such power, which simply isn't part of the president's authority, end quote. That's good. So not only is this basically inviting what I called last week cafeteria-style Obamacare, Mm -hmm. I'll take a little of this, a little of that, and Republicans are just as guilty of this. They are just as happy as Obama is putting handcuffs on insurance companies. The handcuffs they want are just a little bit lighter than Obama's real heavy ones. Because they can never say repeal flat. They all said repeal and and replace. replace. Because there's certain things in Obamacare that they want. We want Republican care, guys. Come on. Because they think the government has a place in health care. Yeah. Now let's see here. He says, uh, Ed in the chat room says that he agrees. He says, each branch of government is charged with obeying the Constitution Obama's wrong in a bunch of things, but presidents are constitutional officers as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, um, and, and Ed, Ed, sorry, let me, I'm reading Ed in the chat room here. He says, to clarify, a president can choose not to enforce laws he reasonably believes are unconstitutional. Clearly, he doesn't think Obamacare is unconstitutional, so he is required to implement it. Yes, Ed, that's exactly the point here. What Rotunda is saying is that not only does Obama not believe it's unconstitutional, but I think that what he's saying here, and go back and read it again, but as I read it, he's saying that once the court rules on the constitutionality of the legislation, then Obama can't even refuse to enforce it right. on grounds that it's unconstitutional. So what's going to happen from here on? I mean, is will there be a, a challenge against him? Will, will, will they actually do something about it? Will, will the... Will the House, will, will, will someone actually say, you can't do this? I mean, I mean, we all hate this thing, no doubt about it. Yeah, but you, but, saw, you saw what the House is doing, right? So the House is saying, well, why don't we suspend the individual right. mandate too? But is there anyone with some legal force well, challenging him? Hopefully instead? people are inspired by this. As I understand, there are hundreds and hundreds, if not over a thousand comments I mean, on this. Uh, it's interesting. 940 we, comments on this over this at the This thing Washington is destructive, uh, Obamacare. It's absolutely destructive. We know that. 
And he knows that Obama, and that's why again, that's why he's he understands he is a destructive force. It's not like he's playing. No, he's a destructive. He knows that, and he says, "Let me hold it off from my political power because I want to. I want to cling to more power again." Let me let me correct something. I think I actually maybe got wrong, and I may be reading a little too much into this. Uh, it might not be that the president can't refuse to enforce something if he thinks it's unconstitutional. So, yeah, that might be part of the checks and balances where you can say, even if the Supreme Court has said something is unconstitutional, nonetheless, the president is supposed to be one of the checks and balances on the constitutionality of legislation. So if the president disagrees on the grounds that something is unconstitutional, then he can refuse to enforce it. That might be part of his job. Who are we talking about here? But we're talking about Obama. And clearly Obama doesn't believe Obama is unconstitutional. I I have this poster. Instead of hope, it says unconstitutional. That's what it is. That's what Fundamentally. it is. Fundamentally. Right, right. But but yeah. still, you know, the idea that he thinks that the, remember Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi was asked whether Obamacare was unconstitutional. Uh, yes. Whether it, whether it was constitutional, I think. Well, whichever. Yeah. And she laughed as if the so question what? was ridiculous. What? She had no answer. Right. right. What? What? And she looked at him like he was an alien, just just popped into her. Right, right. So I think that was the point that Ed was making, and I do agree with that point that he was making there in the chat room. So more people can join in the chat room if they like. If you also want, you can call in 760-888-5817. Again, that's 760-888-5817. Robert in the chat room says that he is happy that I played only a tiny little bit of the POS. That's disgusting. That's all all we needed. I just wanted to... Put a point on it, and not to find a point. I would hate it if Obama, um, if he lost his voice forever. I really would hate it. <laughs> and Islamic peace. That's right. That's right. Let's go ahead on to a, another delightful story. <laughs> it's disgusting. New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg. I've got a link on my blog at don'tletitgo.com to this story at the Washington Times. New York City Mayor Bloomberg now targets elevators. Oh my God. Take the stairs instead. It says New York City Mayor Bloomberg has a new target on his ever-expanding list of get-fit initiatives to residents, elevators, and escalators. The mayor, who's already targeted salt, supersized sodas, and trans fats, has brought forth new legislation to require all new buildings to provide easier access to stairs and post signs near elevators suggesting people take the stairs instead. A second bill would allow the installation of hold open devices on elevator doors to give people more time to take the stairs. I'd like him to take the, the stairs. I, I would definitely like him to take the stairs many times. But not in the, you know, anyway. Um, no, I just I just like to watch him like walk like, up and down and the, the stairs slip, all day. Actually, slip you know, Greg Guffield made a, made a great joke about this on Red Eye. He said that during the little press conference that they played a little clip from it, but they didn't play this clip. During the press conference, apparently Bloomberg said that in his mansion, he has five staircases and he takes the stairs all the time. So he's just basically oh telling you God. to do what he does already keeps him so fit and healthy. And so Greg said, why not just give a press conference and talk about your mansion with your five staircases <laughs> and avoid all this legislation stuff? Because he thinks that all of this was just a pretext for him to brag about his mansion. Because everyone wants to be like Mike, right? Everyone wants to be like Mike. Uh, you, me, know, you know you one know. commercial from the 80s? Be like Mike? Have have a mansion in New York City with five staircases. That's pretty extravagant. I don't know. There's a word for him. Um, Besides me. More than one word? Just, yeah. Oh, just yeah. One? Well, there's, there's one word that fits yeah. him. I, I don't know. Uh. 
but this is the thing that I saw in the little clip is that he says, well, you know, he's not telling you that mm. you have to do this, right? So he goes, you know, we're not here to tell people what mm. they have to do. And the, and the quote that you've got here in the Washington Times article, he says, what we've got to do is just make it cool, if you will, mm. or socially more the norm to exercise. And that's what you see here. He because says, he defines so, cool. Yeah. He says, the whole idea is not to change what you have to do, i.e. what you're forced to do, but to give you the idea and the impetus to do something that is in your best interest. Because interests. we have no idea about that. We don't know what's in our best interests. And he knows what we know. You know what I mean? He knows about our best interests, right? Not his own, not, but he knows about ours. Yeah. So he sits there and he talks as if he's just Mr. Advice Giver trying to make your life he's the, better. He's the mayor of New York with the well, power of, of a law behind Well, him. and here's the thing. I talked about this with Jerome Brook, this idea of the evasion. Mm-hmm. The evasion of Michael Bloomberg when he says, I'm not telling you you right. have to do anything. He is... Basically, I, I don't know if he's evading himself. He can't be that stupid. But he's just completely ignoring and trying to wash over the fact that he is forcing the building owners to do something. Nice. Namely, namely, it says here, require. The legislation requires yes. all new buildings to provide easier access to stairs yeah. and post signs near elevators suggesting people take the stairs instead. Now, is it all new buildings, or is it just going to be existing buildings also have to have the signs? But think about this. You have a design for a new building. I have seen in some of the buildings in New York City very elegant, streamlined, sparsely decorated elevator lobbies, beautiful materials, shiny, minimalist buttons, you know, very little gopped up stuff. And suppose you've got a design for one of these gorgeous, luxurious elevator lobbies in your building. And he says, nah, forget that. You got to put this sign in the middle. And of course, I'm you know, that, suggesting yeah, 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 yeah. Just... And, and the sign is not going to be, you know, some minimalist, nice little thing about it. it's like a for, it's going to say something, you know, Mayor Bloomberg suggests that for your health, you take that or something disgusting. Right. right? Uh, it, it's going to destroy, you know, the vision of people to have these nice, elegant, designed elevator lobbies. Yep. He doesn't care. No, he doesn't care. Plus, it's increased cost. He has to do something, right? I mean, oh, oh, he, he wakes up in the morning. And, and, then, and then what is easier access to stairs, right. you know? I mean, basically, you've got the people, you know, who approve buildings, the building code right. jerks, whoever they are. Uh, they have different titles in every city in the world. New they, buildings coming up. You think he'll be part of it? A part of the design? Okay, guys, what you got to do here? You got to put this. You know what I mean, I mean he'll he'll there. come in and sit there and do a, little, do a little photo yeah, op. He's not you know? just a nanny mayor. He's an architect mayor. He's the, you know. What I mean? It's like it's like move the stairway over here. <laughs> oh, that's going to cost five hundred thousand dollars. Oh, hey, so sorry. It's for your it's for your it's for your benefit. Yeah. But also. Uh, um, the the salt thing. Remember, the government just found this new study that salt is not really a problem. Is he going to go backtrack and say, okay, restaurants, you can do it as you will with salt. You can add whatever you can. You know? Well, and then I mean, here's here's an analogy, right? Yeah, the salt thing is not necessarily a health problem. No. There are people who avoid salt for various sure, reasons, to, and if they want to, that's great. But nobody should. But he be forced. forced. The, the government often, you know, issues all sorts of guidelines that are full of garbage. But think about the analogy here. Here's a you know, professional woman in New York City. I guess you could say a professional man too, but I don't see as many professional men doing what I'm about to describe. Uh, you've got a business suit on and you're wearing high heels, right? Mm-hmm. 
You say, oh, well, I think I'll take the stairs because Mayor Bloomberg wants me to take the stairs. And you fall down the stairs and you break your neck. Right. Which, as I said, I I wish Bloomberg always takes the stairs. Uh, If he he goes into a building, it's 40 floors up, he has to go, okay, I'll take stairs. Just, you know, take stairs. It's, It's good for him, right? And if he has to go back down, just take the stairs again. Well, and it, you know, hopefully he's a little tired, you know. The the other joke that they made up, on you know. yeah, the other joke they made on Red Eye was that if you have all these people going into the stairs instead of the elevators, the stairs are usually kind of you know <laughs> creaky deserted and, right. and creepy and also creaky, so you might even fall through and but, like, kill yourself there. Yeah, but what they were suggesting on Red Eye is that more people might get mugged <laughs> right. because they're in the stairways as opposed to taking the elevators. Which yeah, are that's only a few. I mean, some people got to die to fulfill his uh, desire. I mean, come on, right? I mean, you, you can't make an omelet without cracking a few eggs, you know. Now, see in the chat room, He's I'm sitting. I I I, I want to be content saying, you know, let's bash New York. Ed in the chat room says, nothing New York does, no matter how petty, compares to the disaster that is brewing in California. And to that, Ed, I ask you, which disaster? Right. Go ahead and type which disaster you mean, and maybe we'll talk about it a Multiple. little bit. Because then Robert in New York City says, yes, Ed, I agree. But he is, oh, the economic disaster. Yeah, there's well, uh, across the country. There's, there's some riots, some destructive riots supposedly going to go on today in Long Beach. In the cause of Trayvon Martin, so there's all kinds of stuff. By the way, uh, I own the world.com. I believe it's from I own the world. They said destroy everything for Trayvon. I mean, oh yeah, in his name. I mean, well, I mean, you know, go steal a bunch of stuff from Walmart for for Trayvon. Just destroy everything on earth for him. You know, in his name. I mean, because it's you know they love Trayvon. They don't they don't know him. They they mean nothing. They knew nothing about him. But he's just the cause right now. He's the reason why people do what they do. Anyway, Michael Bloomberg, I know you listen to my show. Yes. We got your number. You can sit there and pretend all you want that you're not forcing anybody to do anything, but you are forcing business owners to do things that cost them money and therefore make everything more expensive for the rest of us, not to mention that you're going beyond the proper function of government. The function of government is not to give health advice to people. It's to protect rights. So just... Mind your own business. Yes, and also he stopped wearing ele- elevator shoes. Enough. Does he well, do that? I don't know. Is he short? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's short. I didn't know. He should wear elevator shoes. Oh, should take them off. So let's go ahead on just... Because that's essential. That's fundamental. <laughs> <laughs> we do have to do... I, I think it's just good to kind of check in on how our privacy is faring this week. Every single week there's more stories about... Either you know Snowden and some more revelations or other things that we're learning about. One thing in terms of Snowden and what he revealed, there's a story over at The Guardian UK. Not surprising that it comes from the British press. White House stays silent on renewal of NSA data collection order. If you recall, one of the things that Snowden leaked to the press was a court order ordering Verizon to collect all metadata on all subscribers, all subscribers, no probable cause for any particular one, no particularized suspicion, everybody subscribing to Verizon, all that data had to be collected and given to the government. Oh, we're just going to put it in a big database and run some searches on it. Oh, no big deal. Yeah. Um, Now, even though this has been revealed and People, many people are outraged, 
of course, not enough people are outraged. I wish more people that I admired were outraged about this. I'm glad that Tammy Bruce is as outraged as I am about this, but... John Bolton, no. Disappointing. Greg Gutfeld, no. I'm happy to see that Andy Levy appears to be outraged about it, but he can have only so much effect there also, on Red he's, Eye. he's a libertarian. He doesn't even understand fully uh, the, the issues. He doesn't. But at least he feels like there's something wrong about this. He, yeah, he he knows that there is, and he keeps kind of pressing Gutfeld. But in, in, a, in a very you know annoying way, though. He doesn't do it in any principle. You know what I mean? He's like, uh, uh, he tries to make cracks at those guys about it. You know what I mean? It's not like or a Or ca- catch them in inconsistencies yeah. and stuff, which sometimes points to a, yeah, a good direction. Very snarky. Any, very snarky. Anyway, that's their style. No, I'm saying about Levy, and it, this is a serious thing. And he wants to go serious, but those guys won't. I don't know. That's, just, that's the style yeah. of the show. That's the style of the show. It's the guests who are supposed to be the straight men, so to speak. And right. they, they need to have a guest, like me, um, who will actually talk about this stuff in a principled manner. But Plus, I can go on Red Eye and draw Muhammad in the background while they're talking. I mean, you are so bad. Um, okay, so let's. Stop plugging ourselves for Red Eye and, and continue on this mm-hmm. story. So the Obama administration is refusing to say whether it's going to renew that court order, the mm-hmm. one that permits the huh. NSA's bulk collection of phone records on millions of Verizon customers. Officials declined to discuss what action they intend to take about the order at the center of the current surveillance scandal, which formally expires at 5 p.m. on Friday. So after 5 p.m. on Friday, you may or may not have private phone calls if you are a Verizon wireless subscriber. I mean, can you believe these people? No. They're like, oh, yeah, he leaked that stuff. And, um, nah, we don't know what we're going to do about it. We'll just maybe float a trial balloon, see if we can get away with it. And with people like Greg Gutfeld, who is perfectly willing to give up whatever is in his metadata for the sake of security. That's you know, just... I mean, and he's one of the the best people out there on in the media. Yeah. If he, he has, if he, he is against attitude, it, he has, I mean, to, he has to rethink this because this is again this is a major issue. And and this idea that well, national national security, leave that to the politician hacks who keep saying that. You know, he's not in government. He doesn't have to say that. He has to actually think about it and say, wait a minute, is it truly about national security? Of course not. Of course it's not. Yeah, no, and and I I don't think that it is contributing to security. Other people are saying, well, if it was contributing to security, that's other people, you know, other right. guests on the on the red eye. Were, it was Weinstein, right? Right. right. Yeah. Um, I think so. Yeah, from, from Daily Caller. Daily Caller. Yeah, he was saying, oh, if it does contribute to security, then I'm fine with it. And they're talking about another story that we're going to get to in a minute. I, I don't care if it does contribute to security, right? right? There are rights that people have not to be subjected to indiscriminate searches and seizures right. without probable cause or particularized suspicion. That was part of what the Founding Fathers set up, and I think that they were right on this. It's not just, oh, I'm clinging to some old-fashioned idea that was right. out there by the Founding Fathers, and then, oh, you know, there's technology today. I see no reason why the government should be entitled to even our metadata. And I think right. metadata holds a lot more to it. Yes. If you if you read Daniel Solove, S-O-L-O-V-E, on metadata and the types of information that it provides, it is huge, and particularly computer metadata, which is being collected under some of these programs. There is tons of information that they can glean from this metadata. It is not just some minor 
invasion of privacy. So this idea that year after year after year they can just indiscriminately sweep up all this metadata about us and we're just supposed to sit back and take it, I think that they believe that progressive education has set in, that we're just going to accept whatever's out there. Yep. I mean, another guest on Red Eye was saying, oh, well, young people today just really don't believe they have privacy anymore, so what's the big Therefore, deal? Therefore, oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. I mean, I can, I can tell you, if I get to talk to any kids at any level that I ever teach, I will be telling them that, yeah, there is such a thing as privacy that you should have, regardless of what our particular government is doing right now. Right. So if you would like to, you know, harass the Obama administration about this, I don't know, go write them an email or something and let them know that we know what they're up to and that they, you know, if they renew this, that there's going to be hell to pay. You know, the government says that the uh, illegals are in the shadows, got to get them, you know, who's in the shadows, really? The government. Day after day, they're in the shadows. Imagine what they're doing behind the scenes. Imagine. Anyways. Yeah, I mean, we're, ju we're just getting a small glimpse of what they're doing. So let's talk about the other story that I alluded to, the one that they were actually discussing on Red Eye this time. The one that, that Bolton, again, this points on. Yes, yes. Here it is. I've I've actually gone to the ACLU directly, uh, American Civil Liberties Union website headline from the 17th of July. Police documents on license plate scanners reveal mass tracking. And essentially what's going on, and I saw some video footage of it on Red Eye, is that the police cars have these big cameras pointing at different angles. So, like each car might have like five or six different cameras on the rooftop of the police car pointing, each of the camera pointing in different directions. And every time the camera catches in its field a license plate, if it detects a license plate, it scans it, it records the data, including GPS information. So they say, okay, when the police car was at this particular location, it was in the range of this particular person's license plate. Mm -hmm. And this means that your whereabouts can be tracked. Yep. Now, some people might say, and this is the kind of line that yeah. Ambassador John Bolton, disappointingly, in yeah. my opinion, took today. He said, uh, not today, well, yeah. today <laughs> technically, but, but yesterday is when they recorded the show. He said that, um, you know, basically if you drive your car out in public, Everybody yep. sees you in your license plate. And someone challenges and, says, well, then don't get a license. Something like that. Something, well, no, no, no. So, lame. So, no, so this this is what it was. So, so then he says, if you don't want to be tracked, then why would you get, for instance, the what they call fast track or those little no, transponders? I think he went further because I think Andy challenged him and then he went further than that and, and said, basically, don't drive. Don't get a license. Well, right, right, right. But, but yeah. that, you're kind of jumping ahead a little bit. Well, so, that's the bottom line. That's what I'm saying. That's how far, that's how off he is. Right, 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 right. But he's saying basically you're out in public, yeah, right? Yeah. And base, you know, the police officers could see your license plate; they could take it down. You know, all everybody out there in the world could see you when you're driving in public. They can see now. Only police officers have access to a database that links your particular license plate with you, who you are, your identity, your home address, etc. So Joe Blow, who's driving down the road. If he sees your license plate, he can't link that license plate to a particular person, right? He doesn't right. have access to that database. So that's one thing right. that the cops do, right? Yep. So so it's not like, you know, you're giving up your 
whereabouts to the whole world. Then the other thing, too, is the accumulation of the data, yeah. right? Even though a particular police officer could see you out in public sometime, what this does is creates and retains a huge database of information. Yeah. And I tend to think, based on what I've read of Supreme Court rulings, I tend to think that there's a good chance that this would be held unconstitutional. It is not exactly the same as the case that we heard about last year. Last year was United States versus Jones, in which the Supreme Court held that it was a search if the police put a GPS device on your car and then use that device to track your whereabouts. That, you know, that would be a search. So We can get caught up in the minutiae here, but the big picture is what? NSA. IRS, this thing now, everything is adding up, and right, that's right, right. the whole right, big, right, right. big picture but, problem. But, but here, here I'm going to explain oh. why I think the Supreme Court would hold this unconstitutional, even I though it's different. As well. Even, even though it's different, right? And the reason is, is that there is a distinction that even though there's a third party doctrine, you know, you share your information with third parties when you go out in public, whatever it is you think they think you're doing, um, the Supreme Court has drawn a distinction between what people could do versus what people actually do. So John Bolton, if he was even more sophisticated, might argue that a whole bunch of people could look out for a particular license plate. Like you could suppose you knew that there was a license plate of Justin Bieber and it was something like uh, I peed in a mop bucket. That was one on the license plate. Okay. Now suppose you said, okay, let's, form a group of people or let's put it out on Twitter. Every time you see the license plate that says I peed in a mop bucket, you tell us where you were and when you were there, right? So people could do this. People could get together and they could track Justin Bieber with his I peed in a mop bucket license plate, right? People could do that. But do people do that? No. No. People don't do this. And the Supreme Court apparently, and I don't know if this is a good valid distinction or not. I'm just telling right, you what the Supreme Court yeah. Really. yeah. Well, no, no, I don't, I don't know if it's valid. But I'm just telling you, the Supreme Court has yeah. drawn this distinction between what people could do conceivably and what they actually do. And so, therefore, even though, yeah, your whereabouts could be tracked via your license plate by people in the general public if they also knew who you were and blah, 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 they don't. This is garbage. The the idea that you exposing yourself to public, you know, consent, that you consent to all of this tracking and the accumulation of the data about your whereabouts, garbage totally. So ACLU, I agree with you. I agree with you on so many things with regard to the privacy issue. So uh, I was yeah, going to say bless the ACLU for what they do. Irrational. But they're, they're rotten rats, a lot of them. But sometimes they come off as, okay, well, this is a good thing. They're, they're sometimes. They're definitely good on some issues. Definitely good on some issues. Uh, Ed in the chat room says, just because any citizen can watch you driving around, that does not mean the government does or should have the power to collect that information. Exactly. And to what ends? I mean, yeah. you know, to what ends? Yeah. No probable cause. No particularized suspicion. You're just driving. Yep. And, and and this is where Weinstein, I think, really fell flat in my view. Okay. Because he said, well, the only reason this makes him upset is because the main thing that this has yielded for the authorities is expired registrations. No, that's not true. 
Expired registration. No, no, no. But he's saying in terms of... That's the only thing. That's the worst thing about in, it? In terms of crime solving, okay. in terms of security. Right. It, it, that it's not contributing to our security. That was his complaint. Yeah, but and I say was, even if this contributes yes, to security, but he was jumping it off, is unconstitutional and it is wrong. He was jumping off Greg's you know, excuse. Well, it's for security. I mean, it's not. No. I mean, it's not for security. No. I mean, they're they're going. They're not doing their job. They're not t- taking care of criminals. Not taking care of terrorists. They're not. That's why they're doing all the all, all this guys. Part of why they do this crap. But now they do it under the under the you know idea of security. Feel free, anyone, to call in if you want to talk about this or disagree. It's seven six zero eight 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 five eight one seven. As I said, people are discussing this here in the chat room. Uh, Rob in the chat room. Uh, people are still hoarding information, says somebody. They are not sharing properly, and bad things are happening. Hmm. hmm. I haven't heard because about my that. My privacy now is quote unquote hoarding information. <sighs> Weird. I mean, you should just share everything on Facebook. I mean, come on, it's, you know, we, we should live reality lives. You know, quote unquote reality lives. Oh, he's got a link to an article there in the chat room. Sharing information is vital to reducing terrorism. <laughs> states officials told oh, at man. conference in Oklahoma yeah. City. Because they're so trustworthy, a state. A state well, okay, so here's here's one one instance where I would agree with just the wording of that, right? But I mean, this is a this is a broad heading that they probably, you, yeah. Why don't people in mosques who listen to sermons or whatever you call them, what do you call their the know. imams in mosques sermons when they give a, a I guess that's fine, yeah. uh, you know, if they hear somebody preaching and calling for violence, why don't they say something about that? Can, that can, I agree. Can't answer why they don't. Because they don't have a right to under, under the religion. They don't. Because Muhammad did the same thing. So they're like, mm, I gotta be silent. That's why I mean, you know, they they never give up their own. Yeah. Never. And uh, the 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 preacher, the the mosque, uh, the uh, imam, you know, he's in on it. So. But we are we are fast turning into a society in which we are being asked to rat each other out. The latest example, which you did that great yeah. take on, which was that uh, the Obama administration, which as we know is not happy with the Zimmerman verdict. Gee, how could you guess? Um, they went ahead and got the Department of Justice to do a little fact-finding mission. And I cannot believe a federal Department of Justice undermines the procedure and the justice system of Florida, yeah. state of Florida. State of Florida the went through the trial. A verdict was reached. And Justice Department's like, nah, we don't like that. Yeah. So what we want you to do, Americans, anybody who has any tip on Zimmerman, just email it to this address. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we get should... some dirt on him. I mean, oh, and, and actually, you you called for people to email something very different to that address. What yeah, was it? I said that uh, I said wanted. It was a drawing of uh, Eric Holder. I said for impersonating the um, the head of the Justice Department. And then I gave the actual email that they gave to us to uh, to uh, rat on uh, what's his name uh, Zerman. Uh, this is just another take. I mean, th- these guys are lawless in a lot of ways. They're like, I don't like that. I don't like the way that turned out. Therefore, I'm going to use my power to do something else to go around that and to try to get this guy on something. Because from their, in their mind, he's he killed a black guy. That's you know the worst crime in human history ever. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And they're race hustlers yeah. beyond belief. I, you know, I've, I've really tried to stay out of this discussion because from Obama's my from my, from my perspective, look, I wasn't there. Juries are there to listen 
you know, went to, to, to the a evidence proper, and decide. <laughs> it wasn't a proper field. I mean, they, they came to the result and said, that's that. And, you know, and even some people, some unlikely people, like Charles Barkley, who's a big mouth idiot. But even about this, he said, um, well, he agrees with the verdict. Some uh, Cosby, I think, agrees with the verdict. Well, yeah, let's let, let's get to that yeah. here in a second. And Robert in the chat room brings up the issue of double jeopardy. And Robert, their idea is, well, it's not double jeopardy. Right. Now, it's true that the the reason we're going after him is because he killed Trayvon yes. Martin, and we don't believe that that was an unculpable yes. killing. But the thing that we're going to get him on is going to be a technically different charge. Because he's a bad guy. Because you know? he's a bad guy. I mean, he, he's got to be, right? He killed a black guy. I mean, guy. talk about That's arbitrary, it. right? Arbitrary. Completely arbitrary. It's like, oh, maybe we can get him on a civil rights action. No, but that's the whole thing. He, that's the whole thing here. It's like, we're going to make it so difficult for him to not commit a crime that we're going to arrest him. I mean, it's like, my God, this is a wrap. Now, Ed in the chat room says, Zimmerman was clearly not guilty. The prosecution was irresponsible and should be disbarred. Some people, I believe, even... Um, the Harvard Law Professor Dershowitz yeah, had yeah. said similar. Oh, yeah. He, wa- right? he wants to go after the prosecution, Zimmerman. Um, yeah. uh, um, uh, Dershowitz, sorry. Dershowitz wants to go after the prosecution. I'm off my game. So, sorry. So there, there are definitely uh, you know, people who believe that, but other people wanted to go after the prosecution because they believe that if the prosecution had just, just done its job properly, then, of course, they would have gotten a conviction. Right. What are they going to do? They're going to, out of thin air, create evidence that doesn't exist? Yes. I mean, no, but I, that's, that's you, would, the, you would assume that the prosecution put forth all the evidence that they have. I wrote this, this the, the cartoon I had. It's, 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 uh, the title of the blog post is called The Department of no, Pe- no Justice, No Peace. You know that line, no justice, no peace? That's what it is. This guy is uh, a thug with power. Holder, he shouldn't be. I mean, it's just sick. I said to say Eric Holder is unfit for office is a six feet understatement. He's a criminal. Happened to be the chief. <laughs> I mean, he's a criminal, so it's just sick. So I gather we are moving on to Zimmerman-related stories. I, you know, really, all I've nothing more. All, all well, this well, is, I've Obama's got, I've got a couple. Obama just yeah. again. Yeah. I said something to a, to a friend the other day. I said, well, Obama, Obama began it. He says, well, everyone's, no, 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 people did it before. No, 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 he's the president of the United States of America. It's different than when he says it, than when some other, you know, pundit says. It's different. There have been a series of stories about cases that Obama has messed up via remarks that he's made. There's a legal doctrine, and I am not familiar with it. And if we had Ron Rotunda on, he could describe it. But... And or, or Kendra Rotunda too, his his wife, because she knows about one of the stories that has to do with the um, sexual harassment charges within the military. There are things that Obama has said that have actually messed up, screwed up the prosecution in some sexual harassment cases within the military. And not just sexual harassment, I think maybe rape charges and stuff as well. So he goes around shooting his mouth off, and, and today is, is a huge one. We're going to probably be talking about that over the top of the hour. But, you know, really in general, all I've wanted to say about Zimmerman case is, look, the standard in a criminal case is beyond a reasonable doubt. So the prosecution did not show beyond a reasonable doubt Mm-mm. That Zimmerman was guilty. It, now, you know, I'm I'm not going to sit there and, and push and emphasize like, oh, maybe he really was guilty even though he was acquitted. That is a Geraldo Rivera. Well, the guilt, move, the right? guilt in this case is he killed a black guy. 
I'm not joking. This is the this is the attitude but of the no. But this it's, is, not, it's this, not even it's not even that he's guilty because he killed a black guy. He's guilty because a physical action that he took resulted in the killing. Of matter, a, I mean, hold like, on a second. It doesn't oh. matter though. To them, they said he's now hunt down Trayvon's brother, his little brother. This is this this is the thinking here. Now he's free to kill more black children. This is the tweets. This is the, this is the culture that we live in. They think this guy's a hunter of black kids. That's 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 meaning the prosecution and Holder and Obama, they all said this guy is evil. He hunts blacks, therefore he must be in jail. And when he didn't go, they said, Wait a minute, this is a racist country. I mean Twitter's definitely active because even I'm very mild and I put some mild tweet out there and some woman wrote me back about uh you know, he killed an unarmed child. And you know, look, I, I wasn't there to hear the evidence. You I have to defer to the jury, but I remember hearing coverage about somebody, Zimmerman, being held down, pinned down on the ground and having his head slammed against the ground by this, quote, unarmed child. So if that's the case, and you know, then that would be self-defense. Okay, I, I agree. He's, also, got, he's got to be acquitted. See, I mean, look, if you bring up the, the race issue, you're, you're accused of adding to it. No, no, no. They have made it a race issue. You know, uh, everyone has made it a race issue. Uh, I wrote, uh, you don't, you know, you don't give a damn about Trayvon Martin because he was black. And then I wrote, those who only give a damn about Trayvon Martin because he was black. That that's said by those yeah. people. That's just it's a joke, but it's true. They're the ones who are forcing it down our throat. This is a race issue. This is that's it. Period. This guy hunted down a black guy, and that's why he was guilty and evil, and he belongs in jail, even though he was acquitted. He belongs in jail. Right. That's, that's what that, you know. that's what they're saying. I've really I've really tried to stay out of this case as much as possible. But there's a couple angles on the story that have made me want to comment. One was the one we talked about last week in which the Department of Justice had its community relations service subpart of it that was spending our tax dollars to facilitate, to provide security for anti-Zimmerman protests, right? So let's link that to this story that I saw today which is that the Justice Department is now intervening in the normal course of Florida law to put a hold, a hold on the Trayvon Martin trial evidence, which includes George Zimmerman's gun. Okay, so think about this. Justice Department, <laughs> Justice Department facilitates anti-Zimmerman protests, putting this guy in danger, in more physical well, danger than he would have been otherwise, because he's I stirring say, it up. Yeah. They don't want him to be able to, to defend himself against exactly. the mob. Because look, if he gets killed, are they going to act against the perpetrators? Are they going to, I mean, seriously, will the perpetrators be condemned the way Zimmerman has been condemned on Twitter? They would call him a hero. They would. They would glorify him. Like, you know who glorified... Actually, you know, you know what? They'd be bummed, because they wouldn't have any more excuse to go have <laughs> right. these riots and steal oh, from Walmart. They'd create something new. Yeah. A new Zimmerman, a new type of thing. Of course, there's always some new race issue that they want to grab hold on. This is the current one. You know, to them, this is the mother load for some reason. I don't know why, but whatever. You know, there, there's been plenty of stories out there talking about why race is not the issue in this case at all. Why it should never have been brought into this case. There's you know, all these anecdotes about different types of crimes with this race versus that race. I mean, you just go on ad nauseum. You can go around the Internet and find all these links. But when your president of the United States mm. brings race in mm. explicitly, that is the lowest of the most disgusting low. No. I mean, I, I try not to swear, 
when I refer to the President of the United States, but I think I might have to. No, at we're a we're point. at the point where he's not the President of the United States of America. He's he's you know what I mean? He's Barack Obama, race hustler, rat bastard. You know, he's anti-American. He's every name in a book. He happens to be happens to be in the office in, of the President of the United States of America today. Period. But he's a rat. Anyway, we have the Daily Mail in the UK again, another UK newspaper to thank for this story. Even and though the UK does love seeing America doing, you know, where we are, they love seeing us where we are today. I mean, you know, we we left them in I the th- dust. I think there and are now, people now, in the UK I mean, no, who would like. There us. are some telling the truth and fine, but there are some who can't who can't wait to trash us because you know we left them in, in the dust. I think so. I'm getting distracted by the pictures on the side of the Daily Mail UK. Age-defying Jennifer Aniston, 44, proves that you're never too old for a miniskirt as she shows off her toned and tanned legs in New York City. Now, see, what she should do, right, you know, Bloomberg, if he wants, just get Jennifer Aniston, like, to walk up and down some stairs. Let the tabloids take some pictures of her. I keep my legs looking like this by going up and down the stairs. You'd be done. You don't have to require the building owners to put signs up and stuff. Just get Jennifer Aniston to walk up and down a few stairs and show them. Actually, there is a picture. Look, Bosch, am I lying? Funny. One of the pictures shows her walking up I think that's up Bloomberg and drag, actually. I think <laughs> yeah, I think so. No. He's pretty fit. He's no. Pretty, pretty fit. You know, I, I haven't really ever thought that much of Jennifer Aniston, except that she's nice looking for her age. Now, mm. I think you are insulting Jennifer Aniston. I, I, You're I being unfair that, to her. That's true. I, um, so let's just, let's just, uh, wrap up this little story and then we're going to go ahead and start the top of the next hour here. Uh, Department of Justice. Actually, we're at the top of the next hour. We're Can you done. say something else besides Department of Justice, please? Department of Injustice, Department of quote, quote unquote justice. I mean, okay. please. Okay. Sorry. This is Amy Peekoff. We are starting the second hour of Don't Let It Go Unheard and we are continuing with the minimalist the least amount of coverage we can possibly give to the George Zimmerman case. In particular, as I said, the angles that I'm interested in have to do with the Department of Justice, or as you say, the Department of Pseudo-Justice or Injustice or Department of Wannabe Justice. And who am I? Because you didn't ask me. Oh, yeah, this is cartoonist Bosch Foster. Uh (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Sadness. Okay. I can't believe the amount of stories you have here. Today, I mean, honestly. I mean, wow. I've got a lot of stories. And, and if people want to talk about any of the stories we talked about last hour or the ones we're going to talk about this hour, you can call 760-888-5817. Again, that's 760-888-5817. And you can go ahead and discuss in the chat as well. Uh, Ed, in the chat room, per the story about Jennifer Aniston from the last hour, says, employ hot women to walk upstairs and men will follow. I like that one about the Zimmerman case. I like that one. Which one? Oh, the one that Bosch is correct? I like that. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, he walked out of the room, so let's see if we can make a little progress here while he's taking a leave of absence of some kind. Huh? Yeah, get through some of these stories without the puns in the middle, right? Punisher. So, as I said, Department of Justice is intervening in Florida legal procedure. Typical Florida legal procedure is that after a trial is over, there's been an acquittal that you would give all the evidence back, including George Zimmerman's gun, you would return it to him. I imagine that if George Zimmerman went out to try to buy himself a new gun right now, that that would be quite difficult. 
I don't exactly know whether it's impossible. So it may be that he could just replace his gun if he really wanted to have a gun to defend himself. He should have a complete right to a gun. He's been acquitted of any crime. He is no he's not currently charged with any crime. He has a right to his gun so he can defend himself. And moreover, this Federal Department of Justice is responsible for putting Zimmerman in additional danger. Yes, there would be some danger inherent when people heard about this particular story, but the Department of Justice, as we learned last week, helped stoke the flames by facilitating, as they call it, these anti-Zimmerman protests, which got more and more people excited about George Zimmerman and put him in more danger. So now they said, oh, let's just put a hold on all that evidence. Nah, I know Florida law, you're supposed to be able... What what federal crime is this evidence relevant to? Anything that wouldn't amount to double jeopardy? I'd really like to know. Uh, supposedly, they've got no civil rights case whatsoever. That was a story that I saw last week. He was acquitted, right? Acquitted. But he should have his gun back. He's not being given his gun back. How is he supposed to defend himself against all those people who are calling for his death, thanks in part to the federal government. But eh, they don't care. Go ahead and do that. So that is one angle on this story. I I think if you've got a federal department of so-called justice intervening in a case, that is wrong. They should let you know, let the the Florida ruling stand, let the Florida holding of the jury stand and respect it. But they are they are not doing that at all. And the worst is Obama. Just a little while ago before the show, Obama talked about Trayvon. And in fact, Sean in the chat room is is scooping me already. But no, I, I already had this. If you went over to my blog, Sean, at DontLetItGo.com, I did link to this story. It was developing just as I was preparing for the show, but this is just too rich. You cannot avoid talking about this. Uh, I've happened to have the Breitbart version of the story, which was posted by Ben Shapiro and comes complete with an audio ad that you might be hearing in the background right now that we will just Put a pause on. I hate when websites do that. So here I am over at Breitbart.com, posted today by Ben Shapiro. Yes, because this happened just this morning. Speaking at the White House on Friday, President Obama addressed the verdict in the George Zimmerman trial for the killing of Trayvon Martin for the first time since 2012. In 2012, he said, you know, if I had a son, he'd look, you know, I'd look, he'd look like me. This time he says, Trayvon Martin could have been me 35 years ago. When well, he was he, part of the Tomb Gang, the when he Mar- smoked weed, yeah, 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 okay. When, when um, he was a punk, and who knows what else? When he was in Pakistan, uh, I mean, I wouldn't want to throw these cheap shots at Obama, but today I'm thinking. What do you mean you wouldn't want to? Why not? I mean, it's just it, it's he not. He all throws cheap shots at, at us. It's not usually my style. Yeah, but he brings it out. Look at him. I mean, he's he's a punk and chief. But but <laughs> he's a let punk me, and chief. But let me finish. Okay. Today I say more the merrier. Because of the depths to which he has descended in this today. Uh, He says that he has experienced racial profiling personally. And then he says about the verdict, reasonable doubt was relevant. And they rendered a verdict once the jury spoke. And that's how our system works. So, you know, he he says that always with a resentment. You know, it's like, oh, well, that's just how the system works. But once again, he'll say that and then then he'll say almost the opposite. And then he could say, well, I said that. You know, he always goes on record with both both sides in order to say, hey, I did say that. Anyway, go on. Yeah. Um, 
he is trying to challenge Florida's stand your ground law, which apparently, as far as I know, isn't even relevant to this particular case. How to respond to it? It's his job to respond to the Bizarre. But then finally, Obama actually went in and played the race card. Quote, he says, a lot of African-American boys are painted with a broad brush. If a white male teen was involved in the same kind of scenario, both the outcome and the aftermath might have been different. End quote. Oh, God. He's saying race is relevant. He's a a race hustler. That's what he is. This half black man is a race hustler. Is he half racist though? That's that's the question. Half racist, and then yeah. the other part of him isn't racist. Yeah, I don't or know. maybe they're both racist. Both parts of him, you know. His white part hates his black part. His black part hates his white part. You know, back and forth. He has a war. He has a race race war going in with you know with, going in with, you know, inside him. We think. I mean, this is just so stupid, right? Yeah, because what disgusting what, what I mean, you know, this is this is the funny thing, and this is genetics, right? And it's genetics of color. Yes. Genetics of As color. If they say anything about anything. Genetics I of mean, yeah, genetics of color have nothing to do with the identity of human being. Uh, you know, as Ayn Rand always said, that racism is the lowest form of collectivism yes. because it is collectivism. Not even based on an ideology of any kind, not even based on a shared value of any kind. It is based solely on a particular gene for a color of a particular body part. It's your skin. It's unbelievable. I mean, it is so superficial and disgusting, and right? And for this guy, I mean, to do this, and he's a president of the United States of America. That's the whole problem here. He's not some race hustler like uh, Sharpton, imagine, like Al Sharpton imagine on, on, you, the, on the street. You're on the jury, right? You're one of the women on the Florida jury. You heard the evidence. You deliberated. You decided as rationally as possible based on the evidence and the standards, you know, told by the judge and everything. You did your utmost. And then your president says, oh, the outcome might have been different. What's race? He has called. Them. He smeared them. Yeah. He's saying, well, they might have been racist. Yes. He has no evidence. As far as I know, the identity of the jurors is still anonymous. He knows nothing about the jurors except that they're females. And I have never seen a study that females are more racist than males. Jess Jackson said that they were all white, though. Therefore, that's why. You know, he was, oh, that's they're why, white, that's therefore why they're off. racist. Of oh, course, yeah. a racist uh-huh. would say that. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's accusing them of being racist, racist or... or they might be racist. He, no, he's projecting. He's not. You know, yeah. He's 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 projecting. Yeah, it might have been different. And 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 part of the reason that he can get it, you know, he, I'm not saying it would have been different. I'm not saying it would have been different. I'm saying it might yeah. have been different. And this is where you know you have to have a little knowledge of philosophy, a little epistemology to use a huge disgusting word, right? But it, I mean, it's not a disgusting word. It's just a word that disgusting. most people don't I'm hear. Gonna... <laughs> Epistemolo- if I say epistemology, people turn off the radio. Introduction right? to objective epistemology. That's yeah. No, would you I'm, stop it? I'm joking. I'm saying that's a, that, that's a big title. Let, people are just, put off by it. Anyway, let me make the point, okay. and people can look up epistemology if they want to. No, I, I mean it sounds. People listen to radio. They don't want you to talk about that stuff. Um, but in any event, here he thinks that he can just say, "Oh, it might, yeah. might be," yeah. and he doesn't have to give any evidence for that. If you say it might be, if something you say something might be the case, right? You are implying that there is at least some evidence. Yes. Some evidence, and not just 
some statistical evidence, right? I mean, you don't say, so for instance, a certain percentage of uh, men of a certain age have prostate cancer, therefore, you know, you, Bosch, might have prostate cancer. That's ridiculous. Right. The, the statistical evidence is nothing. There has to be right. evidence in your particular case that you got a test result or something that would say something like that, right? So to say, oh, well, you might have it, right? Suppose there's statistical evidence that white women are racist a certain percentage of a time. You know, there's some survey that certain percentage of, well, and he says, well, it might have been different because it might have been based on race. It's disgusting, yeah. right? Because it's it, at the at the best, he would put forth any statistical evidence. But I think his idea is I should be able to say this might be or that might be or whatever might be without any evidence at all. And that is because of our dumbed-down, stupid, progressive education where people are taught to have a perpetually open mind right. to anything that, quote, might be the case. Right. Without any evidence at all. But they want to direct it there as well. It's not. I mean, he wants to direct us towards that. Towards. I mean, he doesn't want. He, he's not just saying it for the hell of it. Oh yeah. He's saying because it will have an effect. Yeah. He wants you, right? He is. He is mortgaging space in yes. your brain. As a president he, of the United States of America, yeah. again with that position that right. he has. He he wants he wants Steve in the chat room says he likes the word epistemology. It perks his ears up. Yay. So I don't mean to call it disgusting. I'm just saying a lot of people who are looking for talk like radio. Star. Don't necessarily want to hear that word. Can you name to epistemology something? Right? No. No. Okay. No. Yeah, but it'll, it'll, it'll perk people up. I mean, I'm joking. Anyway. Actually, I shouldn't even just say the word. I should just talk about the point I want to make and, and forget it, and then let's not have this back and forth about right. Because then I'll I'll feel guilty for saying the word. Why Why should I feel guilty? I because you call it disgusting. That's why. I, and you don't mean it. I don't mean it. But anyway, when when, anyway, when, wait, anyway. when the press challenged them, what did they – oh. Yeah, okay. yeah. He took no questions from the press, of course. You say might. I mean, that would be the question I would ask him. President Obama, you say the outcome of the case, the outcome of the case might have been different. Right. Um, to what evidence are you referring that gives you any license to say might? It doesn't matter. Right, because if you say that something might be the case, you're asking people to consider the possibility that something is the case. And if you're asking me, Amy Peikoff, to consider the possibility that something might be the case, you better give me some evidence, or I will resent you. I will resent you. I resent Barack Obama for putting into. I mean, he doesn't really put it into my mind because I have a little standing order in my mind that yeah, if there's no evidence, I reject it completely. Right. Those. But he's, he's mortgaging space in people's brains all across the country he's for them the to mob. consider it. He's stoking the mob. This is what he does. Mabama. I mean, this is, this is what it is. He's a community organizer still, you know, rattling these guys up, riling them up. And, uh, it might get to the point again, where, uh, Zerman might be killed by a mob. And what's he and the other going to say then? well, you shouldn't have uh, killed Trayvon. I mean, no, but who knows what they'll say? I mean, honestly, who knows what they'll say at that point? Like, well, you know, an eye for an eye. Yeah, if Zimmerman ends up dead, like I said, this is going to be really horrible. And I do. I blame the Justice Department in part because, yes. as I just talked about before, they took away his gun. But shame on Obama. So you take any cheap shot you want on Obama today, always at have, least. Always have. I call them, you know, I call them every name in book. If you look at my blog from 2009, 
up till now. I mean, I just he's ever since he, he became president, I've been going after him. Dumb, dumb rat bastard oh, yeah. uh, is something we hear on Tammy Bruce's show. Him. We hear uh, yes, Jackass on Tammy Bruce's show. Can I say one where it's it got really popular on Facebook? No, because it has nothing to do with this topic. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I think it's uh, good. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> what the? No. Are we red eye now? I mean, we are. Okay. I guess we're red eye. No, we're I, we're definitely influenced by red eye. We've watched enough red eye to be influenced by them, so that's either to the good or to the bad. We'll see. You, we're you, indulging you, a little today, so. Anyway, um, shame on him. Yes. That he, bleep, bleep, bleep. He, he's the president. He has brought race into the issue and thereby given fuel to the fire that is. Resulting in all of this yep. violence and destruction around on the purpose. country. On, on I mean, purpose. On purpose. Yeah, definitely on purpose. On purpose. He knows what uh, the words of President of United States America mean. He knows that they move some people. And again, if they if the mob gets their men, it's on his head. It's on Holder's head. It's on all the other reps. It is. These guys have power. They have a voice that we don't have. You know, they have the ability to influence the weak-minded, which you know. There are many of them out he there. He did nothing to to calm down the situation, let's just say. No. Nothing. He, no. He, he threw fire on he, it. He threw fire on the situation, definitely, and he did it by bringing race into the issue. So, President Obama, who brings race into the issue of the George Zimmerman case, let's just go to somebody who, by contrast, says that we should not bring race into discussions. As I recall, Bosch, this actually does bring your favorite topic, Islam, into the discussion yeah, this, here. Uh, Bill, Bill Cosby did recently call for people to learn things from Muslims no, or to, something. to be like, more like Muslims. Be more like Muslims, right? Why? Because he's an idiot. But in this case, he's not a, technically an idiot about this story. Okay. Oh, God, this is another one of those stupid websites with the ads. Can we get these ads to stop? Um, oh, cool. yeah, get the... Turn off the sound? No, 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 you can't turn off the sound. If you turn off the sound, we can't hear anything. Um Anyway, I've got it. It's it's taken care of here. Uh, if you have a website, please don't make your ads start playing automatically. I hope you guys are enjoying the show. It's some little blips across the whole show today. <laughs> blip, blip, blop, blop. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Bill Cosby. This is over at newsbusters.org. Bill Cosby says, don't bring race into discussions about George Zimmerman and Trayvon Martin. In a Tuesday interview, actor and comedian Bill Cosby said that it was impossible to prove George Zimmerman was a racist and that as a result, he was uninterested in trying to discuss the killing of Trayvon Martin in that context. He says, let's not go into racial discussion unless we really have something there. Cosby also blasted the news media and said that he had stopped paying attention to high-profile court cases after the Casey Anthony murder trial because journalists were so convinced she would be found not guilty and yet she was uh, she would be found guilty, and yet she was not. Uh, quote, I found that media were chomping and had this woman guilty, Cosby said, but they were just on and on and on. And then when the verdict came out, I said, whoa, how could people miss that? How could that happen? Regarding the Zimmerman trial, he said he did not think the state of Florida was able to prove its case against him. I found the prosecution did not tell the story well, and they lost. Well, that implies that he thinks that right. the prosecution could have right. uh so you know, it's not it's not pure. Could have actually done this, but this this idea of bringing racial stuff, you know, he says this this racial stuff goes into a whole bunch of discussion, which has stuff that you can't prove. Cosby said, he says you can't prove somebody is a racist unless they really come out and do the act, and it is found to be that. End quote. Also, Zimmerman voted for Obama. I think he had a black girlfriend. 
in the past. You know, he's officially not a racist. I mean, I mean, they know this, but that didn't matter. He killed a black guy. There was also a letter where he uh, complained to the police about the shooting of a black yeah. teenager. So, so there's other The FBI did an investigation on him. He's not a racist. You know, he's been proven as such, but that doesn't matter again. It but, doesn't matter. But let's let's take this point, right? This He says this racial stuff goes into a whole bunch of discussion which has stuff that you can't prove, end quote. Now, this is not a formal philosophical no, formulation, right? But well, what what he's saying here is something that our president would be well advised to listen to. Is he talking which to the president? That, is this in a letter that he sent to uh, Yeah, Obama? that would be that would be nice, right? But he's saying, look, there is no evidence of racism. Now he's talking about racism on the part of Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. But let's apply the exact same lesson, which Cosby seems to understand. Let's apply it to the jurors. When Obama says the outcome of yep. the George Zimmerman case might have been different yep. if it was a white teenager yep. instead. Same facts, same everything, but different. But it was a white color, teenager. So. He is alleging that the jurors, about whom he knows or should know nothing, NSA, 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 um, he should know nothing about them. He's alleging that they're racist. Yep. He has no evidence. He's putting forth no evidence of it. Cosby. I believe if Cosby was listening and if Barack Obama gave him a word edgewise, Cosby would say, hey, that's a bunch of stuff that you can't prove. You've given but, us no evidence. Barack Obama's given no evidence. He He's also, making arbitrary assertions about what might have well, been. Well, he knows Americans in a lot of ways don't need evidence for anything. We had evidence that this guy wants to destroy the country and he, st- he still was reelected. So he knows we don't give a damn for that. So he's playing that angle. You know, I mean, he's playing that angle because he knows that what he's saying here will have some kind of effect. A negative effect, clearly. And that's his power, you know, almost by indirection, almost by, well, I'm going to use the office of the president of the United States of America to have this, to, to put this out there. And he did. And he's a racist. I mean, let's 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 put this in the category of the nihilism with respect to the office of the president yeah. itself. No doubt about it. Again. He is degrading the office of president. And right. today is just the latest example. Go out there. Bring race into a case making an arbitrary assertion. Don't take any questions. Act like you're Mr. Superior and leave. Oh, yeah. I, I, I do. I do. I think I, I think I want to swear at this guy. That It is so revolting. Anyway, let's, let's leave this now. Um, actually, no, there's, there is one piece of good news that we can talk about here. And, you know, I've in the past, actually, one time I praised um, David Letterman. And I praised David Letterman because he refused to be bullied by Muslims, right? And what was exactly the thing? That he put something on his show... About Osama bin Laden. Yeah, he was making jokes about Osama bin Laden when when bin Laden was killed. Yeah. And there were some threats. And he decided to go ahead and make even more jokes. Which was courageous, especially for him. He's a leftist idiot. But it was courageous, and we definitely gave him credit. Definitely gave him, gave him credit. So you might say that if you think Letterman is somewhat good, maybe there's some people in his audience who are Absolutely. somewhat good. But I need to give a hat tip to House of Sunny for this particular story. Bill Maher was booed. Yes. 
He was booed when he appeared on Letterman and made anti-Zimmerman jokes. Yes, little race. If you want to see a video clip that has to do with this story, you can go over to my blog at don'tletitgo.com and look at the program notes, and you'll see Bill Maher booed on Letterman for anti-Zimmerman jokes. Good for the Letterman audience for not putting up with that garbage. I would say, I mean, think about this. You know, you always talk about how the average Muslim is morally superior to Muhammad. Yeah. So my analogy is the average American yeah. is morally superior to our president. No doubt about it, and to our culture, and to Bill Maher's and all the scum. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why, you know, when they say we get, the, we get the government we deserve, no, we don't deserve this government. We don't deserve Barack Obama. We are far better than these scum. Far better. No, we. I mean, we definitely don't deserve it. I mean, if you, could, if you could say that there are things that we should be doing that we aren't doing that would help change the culture faster and get these people, if you call them people, out of office, maybe. Should we switch on to another topic? I don't know what we got here. I've got Ed in the chat room calling for me to swear at, at our president, and I'm trying not to. Uh, Robert in the chat room says that Zimmerman has black ancestors yeah, as well. Yeah, I did hear about that. Right. I mean, these people. They stripped all of that from his story. Because, anyway, it, it's not relevant and, anyway. And, That's and the whole point. I know, None but of they call also, have, when have we ever heard someone referred to as being a quote-unquote white Hispanic? When? Never. Never. Do they call Obama, Obama a white black, a black white? Now, look at this. When are you going to praise Jimmy Carter as being... Well, I guess Jimmy Carter is not as bad as Obama, but here's... It's, you know, it's a sick thing to, to say, but it's true. <laughs> Jimmy Carter... Obama makes Jimmy Carter look great. less despicable. Well, not great. Less despicable. This is It's unbelievable. That's how bad Obama is. He makes Jimmy Carter look, well, at least he was American to some extent. Yeah. And Robert in the chat room wants us to at least make a mention of something that has been discussed many outlets many times. And, and again, I've tried to avoid talking about this case. A couple yeah, angles yeah. in which the federal government has gotten involved has, has sucked me in. But there are many outlets who have pointed this out, and it's worth just a quick mention, that the leftist media, mm-hmm. the news media, has fanned the flames on this issue, and in particular, doctoring the audio tape, the 911 audio there was, tape. There was one particular thing also, they uh, transcribed uh, some of the audio, where he said it was, he said, it's effing cold, and they made it sound as if he said an effing coon, a derogatory term for, for a black guy. This is how far they went. This is how evil they are. Because he was guilty. Again, uh, a black guy was killed. Well, the guy who killed him must have been a racist killer, and that's it. And we're going to push everything towards that, even if it doesn't really work in reality. The thing that I did see that maybe will make you happy is that I think CNN in particular is getting its comeuppance with regard to this trial. Their ratings have plummeted Mm -hmm. after the coverage of Zimmerman. So I think that is great news. Uh, Fox was generally pretty good on it, but Geraldo, uh, I gagged as yeah. soon as I saw the intro where he said, well, it's not, you know, he's not innocent either. Yeah, but he's not guilty, but he's not innocent either. He had to say that, like, <laughs> beta breath. He was like, I had to get it out there. But, what an idiot. But but in general, but, but Fox was for the record, much better. I think his name is Jerry Rivers, his original name, supposedly, but I think he has some, 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 uh, some whatever. Anyway, he said something about, uh, he has a book called His Panic. He tried to be clever with the pun. His panic, whatever the hell that means. What a what a idiot. Pretty lame. But what do we draw as a, a moral here that I'm not sure what Bill Cosby's education is, but supposedly 
Barack Obama has a law degree, right? Yeah. I mean, well, exactly. I, I, I haven't seen his educational right. records. I mean, whatever. Exactly. He might. He, how about this? Barack Obama might not have gotten a law degree. Maybe he didn't. I mean, I got as much evidence to say that as he has to talk about the outcome being different. So that's the lesson that Obama needs to learn. Anyway, let's go on to a different story. I want to talk a little bit about this immigration issue again. The immigration legislation in a certain way confounds me because it's so big and I haven't had time to read it. And if another video starts again without my desire, I'm going to be very upset about this. Uh, No, this one actually will not because it's a news video. Only the ad videos start on their own evil things that they are. But, um, you know, what you want to try to figure out with respect to this immigration legislation is, is the legislation going to make employers more free to hire the people whom they want? Is that the kind of thing that this is about? Is this actually pushing us towards an open immigration policy, which would be a moral policy to have? Or is this a piece of legislation full of all sorts of pork and whose main goal is to increase the voter base for big government? Yes, 100%. 100%. So, and, and not just goal, but overwhelming effect, right? So this is the kind of thing you have to try to figure out. And what kind of signs can you use to try to figure out whether our Republicans in particular are honest people who just want to protect the rights of Americans or whether they are pushers of big government just like everybody else? Here is a headline from The Hill, Boehner, Boehner endorses push for citizenship for children of illegal immigrants. This is a story published on the 17th of this month over at thehill.com. You can find a link at don'tletitgo.com where I have all the program notes for today's show. Was he at a bar talking here with a a third drink? (laughs) I love uh, Bosch occasionally has played me little clips from the Mark Levin show where Levin sort of does an impression of Boehner discussing things and it's always drunk. Always drunk and burping. Yeah. And uh, Michael Savage actually has ice uh, clinking in a glass. He calls him the clinker. You know, the clinker of the house. We could put ice in this water glass and then we <laughs> could right. do a little bit of that. I, I think that's yeah. hilarious. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's known to be a drinker, a tanner, a smoker, and lazy. And an idiot. We know that. I mean, we know that he's an idiot. We're just not, not sure about the rest. Well, then again, his, his orange skin So here's Boehner wanting to make them citizens. And, you know, again, if you you think about your own book, who I think really did a a real good breakdown Mm -hmm. of the immigration issue, better than I've heard. And he reduced it to the employer's right to hire whomever he wants for his job, right? What, you know, who are we to tell employers who they can and cannot hire? Yes. That's not what this is about. No. This is about making them citizens, putting them on the fast track to be citizens. And so they can... And and so I, yeah, I am suspicious when the push is not for legal residence, but for citizenship. If it's for a work visa, if it's for legal residence, okay, fine. But why why citizenship? When did Republicans get, quote-unquote, get religion about uh, illegal immigration? When did they get religious about it? November 6th, 7th? Basically, after the election, when they figured that's the reason why we lost, 
not their policies, not their disgusting uh, candidates, th- but that's the reason. That was the scapegoat more than anything else. And I, no matter what they do, they never, ever get a good percentage of the Hispanics to vote for them, ever, right. no matter what they do. But, I mean, think about this. I mean, if you think about this from a political perspective, isn't it true that they always vote for Democrats anyway? So why would Republicans want to create a bunch of voters for Democrats? No, because they're, these guys are idiots. And they, they think, oh, my God, uh, we have to get in on, in on that constituency. We have to get in on that. We have to get in on those. And it's stupid because the Democrats will always get the But, again, when you say it's about the big government to perpetuate big government, absolutely true. So that's part of it as well because they benefit from that because when they're in power, they know it's, it's inevitable that a Republican will get power. They, they know that. It's inevitable because sometimes the, the populace is like, you know what? We're sick of these guys. Let's go for these. Let's go. We're, we're sick of these rats. Let's go for these rats next. They, that's how much contempt they have for them. So they know that they're not earning it. So when they get the power of big government, they can abuse it till no end to the way Obama has. So they're both, they're all, it's, they're, um, it's not Democrats or Republicans, it's big government parties, both. Yeah. And we need a Tea Party. We need some rational party well, to come in there. And, and so this is my little thought. I mean, and it's a little bit of conspiracy theory sort of thinking. Suppose the Boehners and the establishment disgusting Republicans of the world all know that there is a political revolution of sorts on the horizon, yeah. that it's either going to be the Tea Party they know or something, the tea or something like after it. Them. They right? know the right. Tea Party will, will be the death of them. They know that. And they think and they the, want to put them off. the way to put them off yeah. is by joining with the Democrats 100%. and pretty much officially declaring that we're going to have one party. Yes, absolutely right. They're all, I mean, this is, they wouldn't be voting with them on, on, on things like this. They wouldn't be so nonchalant about Obamacare because they, they just, they 37 times they try to defund it, please. No, sorry, not defund it. They have the power to defund it, which they don't. That tells you right there that they're not serious. They have the power to defund Obamacare and they have not for three years. They funded it. So they have no problem with Obamacare. And you know what? I said this before, but it's true. Obama has exposed the Republican Party as the big government socialists that they are. And I won't even call them socialists anymore. They want to go to fast track now. I think they are they are the they are they are statists, the way the Democrats are. And Obama pulled that out of them. He got it. He got them to to be exposed. In that one sense we have to thank him. And only in that sense. That he exposed the rat bastard Republican Party for what they are. Right. And that's why the the Tea Party is a threat to them. Not just to, to wipe them out, but you're right. I think some of them will one hundred percent Party becomes a viable political party in this country. How many Republicans will become Democrats? Oh, yeah. I mean, forget about it. Forget about it. It'll be an exodus. Yeah, I mean, they they almost agree on so many issues now. It's it's truly revolting. There is no difference fundamentally. No, but okay, so Rosemary in the chat room is asking a question. She says, Weren't the children, these children, born in the U.S. to foreigners already automatically citizens? And, Rosemary, that's not what Boehner is referring to. Boehner is referring to children who were born in another country and brought here illegally by their parents. So they were actually brought to this country, born in another country, and that those people should just be made citizens. And this is all about compassion. I mean, it's more you know, compassion. And, and here's the thing. You know, he says, well, it was through no fault of their own. And that's right. It was through no fault of their own. But it also isn't our fault. Why do we automatically have to grant them citizenship? I would say, okay, go ahead and let them be provisional legal residents. 
let them prove themselves as productive members of American society, that they're not going to be criminals and blah, blah, Look, blah, blah. This is about, and give, give them a chance. Give is, them a chance. Don't kick them out. I, I wouldn't about, kick them out. This is not about the quote illegal immigrants. This is about the Democrats and, and, and the Republicans, period. That's what it's about. That's what yeah. this whole thing is about. So, so again, and this is something that you guys can chime in on the chat room. Am I barking up the wrong tree here if I say that I see something here when they push for citizenship yes. versus legal residence. I say if they push for legal residence, then they are pushing for legislation along the lines no. of something that we should support, which is that right. of protecting the employer's right to right. hire whoever he wants. This push for citizenship this is, is not, about creating votes. Yeah, that's it. It's not about a rational immigration system. It's not about that at all. Now, I'm told here that we've got Ed calling in. We have finally enticed Ed to call in. Hello. How are you doing, Ed? How's it going, Ed? Hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Oh, great. Um, no, I, I just wanted to emphasize what you what you said. I mean, we all want a more rational immigration system, and it's uh, you know it's it's terrible. But there is this constituency out there um, to turn the rest of the United States uh, politically into California. I mean, what you know, look at what's going on in California. You live in California, you see the the uh, you know one atrocity after another um, uh, economically. Uh, being done to the state by people who have essentially infinite power because there's a one it's a one party state and right. uh, it's a one party state primarily because a substantial fraction of the immigrant population votes monolithically for uh, the socialist party and you know I, I don't want to see the United States become that way but I, I certainly don't have any animus towards immigrants and I I certainly agree with you that if uh, if a corporation has found someone in India or Uzbekistan or, you know, Nigeria or somebody who has skills and they want to bring them in. Absolutely. I mean, we should definitely do that. Um, but I, I just, I think that this is a, this well, is a, or, a political or power grab. Even, even, even bring in, you know, a whole bunch of, everybody's like, oh, don't bring in all these low-skilled workers from Mexico. I don't care, bring them in, but what's the rush to give them citizenship and therefore the right that's to vote? And that's the thing that yeah, I'm, absolutely. you know, I'm I'm kind of, you know, again, with a huge piece of legislation that's got so much going on in it like this, it is hard to tell what the predominant thrust of the legislation is, but it is a story like this where the push is for citizenship versus legal residence that I would use as an indication of the overall thrust of the legislation, yes or no? Oh, absolutely. I, I think uh, you know a number of uh, object, prominent objectivist commentators have uh, have have talked about the immigration issue, and I think every one of them has missed this element. Um, uh, and I think that's but, but, why but not, it's important not, not, that we stress. But, but no, no, no. But but Jerome Brook did not miss this element. Jerome Brook said that we should make it easy to be a legal resident, but hard to become a citizen. Very hard, as you put it. Very okay, I, I had only heard about the other part of what he said. I did not hear yeah. that part. But yes, yeah. I I certainly agree with that. Definitely. And he he said that when he was interviewed by me for the Tammy Bruce show, by the way. And he he was excellent. He's an immigrant himself, but he said, you know, what's the rush to give them citizenship and and it's true to protect the legal right of employers to hire whom they want, all you need to do is give legal residence. You don't have to give citizenship. And when have the politicians yes, spoken about, about the 
about the businesses getting, you know, a right to, to hire. They have, I mean, rarely, very, as, well, okay. as, as an aside. Well, but, and the way they talk about it, when they do talk about, you know, getting these employees in from overseas, the ones that we right. need, they just talk about stimulating the right. economy. In a generalized right? sense, right. So, so it, it's all for utilitarian, right, ma- right. you know, means. It's it's all to go ahead and prop up the economy so that they can continue to spend, spend more. more because they're just big government <laughs> like everybody else. Paul Ryan said that. He goes, there, and we have yeah. economic immigrants. Yeah, we, t- we talked about that, Paul. Economic immigrants. I mean, what a what a what a what a politician. And, and there is a there is a constituency out there for illegal immigrants um, because they, um, you know, don't have to obey employment all the employment regulations if they hire illegal immigrants. They don't have to, you know, pay the taxes on behalf of them. They can just pay them in cash. And I think that there's this constituency out there is like, no, don't don't fix the immigration system because right. then. Uh, my God, we would have to, you know, obey all the bureaucracy, and I, I, I yep. feel for those employers, I really do. Um, but the answer is not to uh, to encourage illegal immigration. The answer is to encourage a rational system of immigration. You're right, and and if allowing these people to be legal workers and therefore have the employers have to meet all the different regulations and therefore have the employers be upset about all those different regulations even more, that should be the impetus to get rid of the regulations and the taxes, right? Uh, this per- is what precisely. we want to see. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't, and, well, and thank this you. is, this, I was, I was going to say, it's the same thing with Obamacare, you know, this idea of putting off portions of Obamacare, putting off the employer mandate, putting off the individual mandate. No, I say, let it go into effect. Let people see what they have asked for as quickly as possible and hopefully repeal that monstrosity, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you, Amy, for letting me have my say, and I'll let you Thanks, go. Ed. Okay, great. Take care, Ed. Bye-bye. Now, Robert in the chat room also says that he agrees. He thinks that this particular legislation is all about the votes, and he says there's a precedent for this in American history. Shortly after the Civil War, former slaves were allowed to vote. This led to carpetbaggers and scalawags buying votes. Hmm. And I think that's what the Democrats want to do right now, yes. too. Democrats and big, yeah. big government Republicans. Yes, and when they say it's not about politics, it's about politics. Oh, no, it's 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 definitely... Definitely about politics. So I don't know, Boehner. You know, we we met him, Ugh. and I wish I knew all this about him. I have to wash my hand. Him. I just, I remember, I shook his hand. It was like three years ago. <laughs> I'll be <right> back. <laughs> it's wait, my hand's orange. Oh, we uh, we've got about twenty minutes left, and we still have a couple of big stories that we should be talking about here. One is, and you'll see it on the Don't Let It Go Unheard page. I posted it earlier this week. The story. Boston.cbslocal.com headline: Boston Marathon's bombings suspect. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate that word with respect to this. Featured on the Rolling Stone cover, and on the at the story itself at the CBS local, they don't have a picture of the Rolling Stone cover itself. I didn't post a link to the Rolling nope. Stone cover itself. I think you can see the original version over at your blog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, With a different topic. If, if you look at the program notes at don'tletitgo.com, there will be a link to the CBS story about the Rolling Stone cover, and there's also a link to Bosch's take on that Rolling Stone cover. Uh, what you have on that Rolling Stone cover is a probably airbrushed, photoshopped picture of the younger, scumbag, disgusting brother 
whose name I will not pronounce yeah. on air, on the cover. And the intent was to make him look good-looking and everything else. Yeah. And I actually forgot to post a link to another story that I wanted to post at don'tletitgo.com. So I'm going to have to actually open a new window here and find it because what it was is is Greg Gutfeld, um, and it's his summary of the Rolling Stone uh, story. And I think it's at Breitbart. Do you yeah. still find it? Yep. Okay, let me see if I can find it with this Google search that I just put in. Um, yeah, here it is. Woohoo. Breitbart.com, columnist Greg Gutfeld. And the latest one is the Rolling Stone piece in 50 seconds. Piece Post- of what? <laughs> yeah. Um, there is, of course, not just the front page, you know, the actual picture on the front page, but a story about the piece of garbage. And as Gutfeld calls him, the shit bag. (laughs) He says, so I just read the Rolling Stone piece with the shit bag on the cover. Yeah, Yeah, this is Greg Gutfeld over at Breitbart.com. He says, it's long, but I can summarize it for you. This is Greg Gutfeld's summary of the Rolling Stone piece. He took one for the team. Thank you, Greg. He says, wow, here's a really good-looking cool kid who loves to smoke weed a lot. Isn't that cool and funny? And seems super cool. And all his friends just think he's the bomb. He has such great hair. Oh, sorry. And the cute guy does something really, really bad. And it's like totally weird because he was such a cool dude. And he was smart and stuff. And a great fighter. And and girls liked him. Seems really cute to me anyway. And when somebody cool does something really bad, we think, well, then we were really sad. Like, like why didn't he like us more? It, It sucks. Why couldn't he just have been a dorky, ugly, white, right-wing Christian who didn't do drugs instead? I mean, that would have been more fun to write about, LOL, <laughs> end <right>. quote. <laughs> that, right. was, that, right. was that 50 seconds or was it longer, longer. because I took more pauses? Probably. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had too much fun with that. I think you um, wrote it in 50 seconds. Uh, no, I think he wrote it in longer than 50 seconds. Uh-huh. I think it could have been read in 50 seconds. When Ed Powell plays the podcast at double time, then it would be 50 That's seconds, funny. right? Thank you, Greg Gutfeld, again, for taking one for the team. Also, Greg Gutfeld inspired my response, where you can see at my blog. It's, uh, it's He looks a little different, let's just say, the uh, terrorist on the Rolling Stone cover. Yeah, the piece of garbage, yeah. young scum brother. I call it person. Rolling Stone age, by the way. Yeah, because if they're glorifying these jihadists, yeah. they're basically asking to blast us back to the Stone yes, Age. Yes, they are. And whatever their circulation was, you said it was already down 22%? 20, yeah, 20% already down, and that's before this horrific cover, this reprehensible cover. Somebody said that they thought that they would sell more because of this. I don't think don't so. Don't you think they're selling less? Absolutely right. Who the hell wants to buy that piece of crap cover? This guy killed Americans months ago. Yeah. Butchered Americans and smiled about it, literally. See what we got here in the uh, in the chat room. Oh, Ed Powell says, "Yay, cursing!" But see, all I was doing was I was reading, I was reading Gutfeld. <laughs> yeah, Robert brings up the fact that uh, it's true. A Boston cop posted the photos of of him. Actually, not when he was dead, when he was still alive. Uh, it was it was the, the bloody young brother who ended up on the Rolling Stone cover. He had, he had blood all over his head. I, I think that's what it was, right? Right, the young scumbag right. 
He was caught in the boat. Yeah, yeah. And he's bleeding. Yeah, he right. was he was cowering and and the cops hiding said, this in a boat. Who this is? This, yeah. this murderous rat. This is who he is. It's not a, a a sex symbol on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine. He's not a rock star. He's a butcher. Yeah. And I'm glad the cop did that. And and the thing that I liked about Gutfeld, not just that nice little summary and his taking one for the team, because I certainly don't want to read that story glorifying the piece sure. of crap. Um, I liked his whole attitude about showing pictures of yeah. these guys. Yeah. He refused to show pictures of these scumbags yeah. on his show. And so what he did is he drew little hand-drawn pieces of dog poop. And he, I mean, they were poorly <laughs> rendered, to say the least. I could but, draw poop better than Greg Yeah, Uffall, little, okay? little crayon pictures of dog poop. I could draw poop better than, than uh, Greg Uffall. You can. Anyway, go on. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> I could draw a piece of crap better than... But that's that's what he displayed in lieu of pictures of the scumbags. Is, is it's a perfect attitude. They are scum. And they don't deserve to be on the cover of pop magazines. Right, right. And so what this police officer did is he went ahead and yep. published pictures of this guy as he was and ought to be seen, as, he'll, if if at all in the media, whether right? Whether he'll pay a price for it, who knows, the cop. I don't know. But no, the, was, co- the was, cop was suspended or something okay. horrible happened to him. You know him. what? Yeah. He was outraged. He yeah, said, actually, oh, maybe, maybe Robert can tell us. Robert, um, you told us about this story, and actually I, I had read about this story before. Was this uh, police officer who published these pictures, he was suspended or something, right? He, yes, he was He was suspended. I don't know for how long, but he was suspended, so he paid a price for it. And I I think it's <laughs> I think it's a little he's kind of like Snowden in the sense that he's exactly. going against he sees something wrong and he's right. going against right. uh against the authorities, quote unquote, and yep. and write you know, writing an injustice. So yep. you know, you know, uh, no, good uh, for him. You, yeah, you see something, say something, right? So they said something. They saw something, say yeah. Yeah, Ed, Ed, yeah, Ed Powell, yeah, whistleblower. Exactly. That's what he's kind of a whistleblower of sorts. But he it's, knew he'd hurt. it's basically just not letting the media, this disgusting media outlet, the Rolling Stone, get away with that. What I there was one joke against the, the Rolling Stone on uh, Monday's Red Eye that Dana Perino hosted, and it was it was a good one. They were saying that uh, the Rolling Stone we was trying to defend what they were doing as, you know, speaking to their demographic, which yeah. they were saying was a demographic of, of people about this guy's age. Yeah. And they were saying, no way. They only wish that the Rolling Stone had a demographic that was <laughs> close right. to the age of the scumbag right. brother, you know? It's, it's a very old magazine. I mean, it's ancient by now. But also one thing, they, yeah, you know, they I, said... I'm sorry. Sorry, Robert. One second. They I'm said, sorry. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I was going to say it's uh, Amy. It's just Rolling Stone. It's not the, but but uh, the the magazine has really become irrelevant over the past few decades. And I think they're cashing in on. They're trying to cash in on their Charles Manson cover from mm. you know early seventies, and and that was just a different era. As bad as that was back then, and that was obviously a a, a uh, despicable action. Uh, I I don't think the culture is. Is even their readership? I don't think their readership is as open now as they were back then. So they're desperate. They're like the Jim Carrey type actors whose careers are over, and they just got to do something shocking to get you know to get attention. And right. I think it's a desperation uh, move by them. And and they miscalculated because they assume that their demographic is ultra left wing. Anyone who reads. Actual, yep. actually reads and believes the stuff that they print that's not about their favorite rock band, you know, uh-uh. is completely ultra-leftists. 
so it's a very small uh, audience that they that they are speaking to. It's sad, you know, that somewhere in a scrapbook on a bookshelf, I have an old cover of Rolling Stone magazine that had the band Duran Duran on the cover, and yeah. boy, I I well, loved that Rolling Stone cover. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a yeah, book. I mean, it, 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 they have. You know, they have had in their past some, you know, some kind of prestige. But as I say, it's long, it's oh. it's long gone, and and it's just it's 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 just boiled down to this completely ultra leftist uh, rag that very few people pay attention to. And as a result, they have to do something shocking. So so. Yep. I say enjoy your, you know, <laughs> enjoy your Simon LeBeau cover, and and uh, you know it's 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 a different it's a different era, and um, the guy himself, Jan Wiener, is just he's just really pathetic, uh, pathetic person as well. So just A through Z, it's it's absolutely disgusting, and I think this this uh, Boston cop should be praised for what he did and the public should be uh for boycotting it they you know I'm ha- I'm happy about that so it's it's a good story in the sense that it's totally backfired where where yes. he, he was counting on this it's totally backfired so we're always looking for good things in the culture and and you know this trial balloon has failed as as far as yep. we're concerned cuz nothing they do shocks us right i mean did this shock you that they that they that they did this it didn't totally shock me, but it, I mean, the the picture that they chose, where they try to make him look like some sultry yeah. sex symbol. Yeah. Oh yeah, like Jim Morrison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. disgusting. Yeah. So disgusting. Yeah. You know, if if you go over to the story, and again, I've got the link in the program notes over at DontLetItGo.com to this particular story. They have the opportunity for you to cast a vote in a little poll. And the question is just yes or no. Was it wrong for Rolling Stone to make blank scumbag brother name it's cover story (laughs) i'm not saying the name um and 81.87 percent which includes me because i just voted seeing the poll uh said yes that it was wrong for the rolling stone to make this cover story but then there's 18.13 percent they're all a scum of jerks out there who think no it wasn't wrong for the rolling stone to make this scum yeah Mm-hmm. Moral relativists, and or worse. The, and the other thing is that Bosch noted on his on his uh, blog post was that they try to couch it by saying our oh, hearts go out to the victims, you know, to the the Boston bombers, you know, families victims, you know, and and he covered you know the victims. So basically, our hearts go out to the you know to the Boston bomber, you know. That's. Yeah. Uh, that's really what they're saying, and I thought, you know, kudos to you, Bosch, for for right, uh, right. Thanks, Robert. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. you know, bef- before uh, before Greg Gutfeld posted that fifty second summary of of the article, he was you know posting things about the article itself on Twitter, and one of the tweets said that roughly ten percent of the language used in the article mm-hmm. was language describing how good looking the yes. kid was. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's. Yes. <laughs> and, and I'm laughing because Gutfeld had 50% of his stuff about how good-looking it was. Well, no, but, but, but you know, that, he, he's basically saying that was the, the overall thrust of the article, right? Because 10% yeah. of the language could still deliver most of the thrust yes. of the piece. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. definitely. What would you say? Should we go to the next thing? Cause it's something. Oh, yeah. We, I guess we do have to go to the next story, Robert, right, but I, Robert. Do, okay. I thank you for sure calling thing. in. 
And I definitely agree, definitely agree with you that that police officer oh, should be treated mm-hmm. as a hero. With, with respect. Mm-hmm. No Def, definitely with respect. Now, I'm trying to hit mute here, and my computer is starting to... Yeah. Uh, Sorry. My computer is starting to protest. There we go. Thank you, you Robert. Yeah, so let's let's go let's go back to my little list of stories, which we have actually almost gotten through. Are you impressed? I can't boss? believe it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. Um, but my com- this computer is now starting to rebel big time. The the story that I wanted to talk about, and Bosch has got to get his headphones plugged back in here. We're having all kinds of snafus today. <laughs> what the hell? I don't know. It's, it's a, we're trying to do too much too fast. That's it. But the the last story, and it was linked to from the Drudge Report, and I'll be able to bring it up here in a minute if my computer will just start to cooperate. I'll mention it here. You'll mention it here, yeah. but it, but it ha- it has to do with all the bombs, all the big budget box office bombs that Hollywood has produced this year, yeah. and that there's a crisis in Hollywood about this. And uh, Steven Spielberg, actually, uh, he he mentioned, I think, last month in, in the college talk that he gave, he says there's an implosion about to happen. You'll have bomb after bomb after bomb in Hollywood, and uh, that's what's happened so far. I mean, it li- literally, in the last month, The Lone Ranger, Pacific Rim, White House Down, and this new movie, R.I.P.D., absolutely bombed. Made nowhere near as much as they thought they would make in the first weekend. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're crap movies, I mean, badly written movies. And also, I think some of them agenda-driven. Uh, there's the Pacific Rim, they're, they, they, they were talking about environmentalism prior to its release. The Lone Ranger talking about how we treated Indians. I mean, we don't want to go into a movie and hear that crap, you know? Want to go and enjoy a movie, have it be entertaining, have it be somewhat insightful, you know? Uh, and also semi-controversial, like the Superman film was. I think it's it's whatever was considered controversial about it was pushed it over the edge. It's actually second, I think, after Iron Man, which is huge because it's a it's a it's a reboot. Right. And uh, so you know Spielberg mentioned that, and he absolutely he called it. They're stinking up the joint. And uh, this movie, uh, the latest one, R.I.P.D. I just looked on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It has 11. So R.I.P.D. is the Rest in, in peace, peace Department. department. Not even yeah. Rest in Police Department. It's Rest in Peace. They thought that they'd be clever, but it doesn't make sense. Rest in Peace Department. What does that mean? They, these guys are cops going after creatures. And uh, 11% at Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, from the New York Post review, uh, the guy writes, R.I.P.D. manages to come up with fresh new ways of being absolutely terrible. He also says, uh, soon to be ex movie star Ryan Reynolds. Oh my star god! Movie. Uh, I said, what, if I can read Reynolds, you know, Reynolds plays a corrupt cop who stole a bunch of gold in a movie. But how, you know, but he feels bad about it. So that's that's the heroic aspect of him. He but feels he feels bad, bad about, about yeah. stealing. Okay, great. And then on, another review, which is actually a positive review about this movie, a guy says it's a sort of movie that if the air conditioning is working and the popcorn is handy can provide a nice way to beat the heat. That's a positive review. And that was the bottom line positive you know, aspect of it. So it's you're just, you're going to run out and see it how oh many times, Bosch? How I mean, many I, times? You know what? Huh? I, I've, huh? Seen, I've seen Iron Man. I enjoyed it. I think I saw it twice. Uh, aspects of it, not crazy about it, but Superman, that, that's, that's the movie of the summer for me. I, I loved it. And besides that, I don't know. I don't know what else is out there. I keep hearing that these blockbuster films, but they're also calling it blockbuster fatigue. Which is sad because if that's the case, if there's a good movie out there, they'll just dismiss it because it's a big movie. Who knows? But I think most of these movies are bad, from what I gather. They are bad. Next one has come out, I think, next week is The Wolverine. Hugh Jackman again plays Wolverine. It's his sixth time playing Wolverine. He's playing again in the next action movie. That might be good. I don't know. But But. imagine if there is, quote-unquote, blockbuster fatigue. And if you think about how well Man of Steel has already done – 
And Iron Man. Iron yeah. Man, a billion, a billion dollars. By the way, by the way, yesterday took a brief visit to Comic-Con and yeah. got to see they had an exhibit of the various Superman costumes throughout Across, the years, yeah. including the costume of the latest Superman. Man and if you awesome. yeah, if you go to the page at Don't Let It Go Unheard, you can see the picture that I posted. It's an awesome it. suit. It looks it looks I mean incredible compared to the old ones. The old ones are really just polyester. I mean Chris Reeve, you got to give him a lot of credit for making that thing look semi decent. But man, you put that on someone normal, oof. it looks it looks like a clown suit. It's bright red, bright yellow, bright blue, and the man the man of steel suit, the texture. The quality, it looks. Yeah. The cape, it looks. It's a beautiful looking suit. No, it, it looks. It looks wonderful. All the rest did look outdated to me. I, I'm sorry to admit. So, if you want to look at other stories, catch up during the week with me. You can follow the Don't Let It Go Unheard page on Facebook. If you want to make a comment on this show or check out the program notes, go to don'tletitgo.com. There, you can also find links to all the different ways of keeping in touch with me, as well as the link to the iTunes subscription page. And moreover, you can find out how to contribute to this show. People who contribute financially to the show help to make it possible. I thank you for that. And it has encouraged us to come back to this two-hour-per-week format. So thank you, thank you again. And, yeah, we, we definitely appreciate the people who are the supporters, and I write newsletters regularly to them. So check it out there at DontLetItGo.com. Otherwise, I hope everyone has a great weekend, and we will be back for more next week. Take care, everyone. And good night.